one in front. men and Johnny Boy. You're still around that kid Johnny Boy. This Johnny Boy is named after me. Nice, huh? Oh, sure. But this Johnny Boy is a little bit like your friend Groppy. Half crazy. Honorable men. They will pay their debt tonight in Mean Streets. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. Getting pinched again are Ruth, Pia, Eric, Fahad, and me, Shelly. As we noted last time, the first cycle of season three, we thought it would be interesting if each of us tried to complete a theme with our first movies from seasons one and two. My movies were Captain Fantastic and For Your Consideration. So for this round, we watched Mean Streets. Each of these films features an unconventional family of sorts. All right. I am going to give a little plot synopsis. And then I'm very interested in hearing what you all thought about this movie. So Mean Streets is about a young Catholic Italian man named Charlie who lives in Little Little Italy in New York City. Side note, Scorsese lived in Little, Little Italy. I think that kind of showed that he got the um, the scene, like he knew that scene, knew that area very well. And so Charlie works for his uncle, uh, Uncle Giovanni, who is um, a connected man. He, he He's connected to organized crime and Charlie does his pickups. So he picks up the money and the film follows him as he works through his feelings. Um, I think mostly conflict, conflicted feelings about his life, um, about his job, his religion, and his family. So I am super interested in hearing what you all thought. And so I think I'd like to hear, sorry, to Kia's thoughts. Kia, what'd you think about the movie? I was still trying to figure that out. No, I watched the movie, but can someone else go first? <laughs> and the way request. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I want to get an idea what, what you guys thought as well. Me, Eric. Okay. <laughs> um, so I hadn't heard of this movie, uh, I guess because it was kind of the first one that put Scorsese on the map. He had done like two feature films before this, but they weren't really known very well. And uh, from what I've read, this is the one that sort of created the template for his style. And I can absolutely see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, um, it actually felt a lot like Goodfellas to me including plot-wise a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, there's even a, a scene where for some reason, one of the gangsters has a big cat that he's like taking care of. And I don't <laughs> yeah, know- Yeah, that, that was cat, random. It was very random. <laughs> but I forgot about that until you just mentioned that. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. to maul him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It also looked a little inappropriate. The the caressing and uh, it just was weird. It's the only real, real love in his life. Um that he'll allow himself because you know these I was guys. watching my um I was watching it on my phone and I th- I thought it was a dog and so I was like oh no they're either going to be dog fighters like they're going to have the dogs fight then I realized oh that's not a dog that's 
he says panther. That's... Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need my eyes checked. Uh, well, I couldn't tell at first. <laughs> I thought it might have been a dog. I mean, it's kind of a scraggly looking cat. It, 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 not yeah, quite I was like, it, it looked like a big doll at first, like a cat doll. But... Yeah. <laughs> Taxidermied. He definitely um, stepped up his uh, his cat co-stars later. He did. Yeah. He's like, I can get a real lion in 1990. <laughs> 17 years later. Um, so, the, you know, that was similar. So was the, the sort of fact that um, it focuses on this one guy who's hoping to get made. Uh, but he, he, the group the group has a friend who is sort of a wild card and is messing things up for everybody. <laughs> because um, it, interestingly, uh, Robert De Niro is kind of the Joe Pesci of this movie. Like everywhere he goes, he's causing a problem. And, and you know, like somebody's going to have to like put him down basically <laughs> because he's really, really risking everything and, um, and doesn't seem to care about what other people are, you know, what they need or what they're doing. Um, he drove me nuts. Oh my gosh. What they use this word a few times in the movie, but what a scumbag Johnny boy was. Uh, yeah. He was so young though, Robert De Niro. I know. It was Although very interesting to see him. I th this is the first this is the first film that they uh worked together on. Yeah, I heard uh Brian De Palma introduced Scorsese to Robert De Niro because uh, all these like famous directors from the late 70s, early 80s were kind of they knew each other in this time. Uh so that's how he met him. And but then I, I also thought it seems like Harvey Keitel kind of got replaced by Robert De Niro, who was in a ton of Scorsese movies. And yeah. then I don't know if, if Robert De Niro said, I'm kind of done doing Scorsese movies, but then there's like this period where Scorsese didn't have much going on until he met Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was a ton of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. And of yeah. course, was the next muse. <laughs> it's almost like he needs a muse yeah. in order to make art, you know? So I wonder if, um, if Leonardo DiCaprio, well, Leonardo DiCaprio was in his most recent movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. But uh, if he ever decides to stop working with Scorsese, I, I wonder who would be next <laughs> Yeah, on the Scorsese list. Um, How old is Scorsese? Scorsese? Oh, gosh, she's got to be up there by now. This was 50 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So, at least 80? <laughs> I mean, Harvey Keitel's in his 80s. Yeah, I saw he was born in 1939. Um, so Marty, as we like to call him in the industry, oh, right, right, right. is 81 years old. Okay. Okay. But you know, so he, he was younger than um Harvey. Um Harvey as I like to call think, him. Yeah, Harvey's 84, so yeah, he was three years younger. Interesting. It, people looked older back then because apparently Harvey Gatow, his character was supposed to be 25. And oh, I know. I saw that. Didn't seem 25 to me. And they also, no. I, I said Robert De Niro looked so young, um, but that's relative to Robert De Niro. I, he, <laughs> I don't think he ever looked young. So when the, no. in the movie, when they call him like a kid, he's like, that kid is messed up. I was like, yeah. kid? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then Teresa didn't look so young either, but they were all supposed to be yeah. young. She was gorgeous, but, you know, going She's along pretty. the lines of my Goodfellas comparison, she seemed like a prototype Lorraine Bracco to me. She did. I thought she that did. too when I, when I was saw watching her for, it. A, for a split second, I was like, wait, that, no, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a very young Lorraine Bracco. Um, so, not I mean, to spoil anybody's recasts. It's not mine, but. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I have to say that 
I don't know that I'm a big Scorsese fan because I think, uh, you know, and this movie really makes the point for me, his movies, uh, they have, there's just so much machismo. And I know some critics say that, you know, he's exploring that side of like these, these groups um, in these neighborhoods. Uh, but sometimes I don't know what the, the, the point of the movie is. I, I felt the same with, with Goodfellas. Like, where is this going, you know? And what is the message here? Like, we, we like these people. We don't like these people. Are we supposed to feel for them or sympathize? And I have a hard time sympathizing with very many of them. I sympathize more with Harvey Keitel's character in this because yeah. he did seem like a good person. I think he was a little naive, though. I mean, to keep helping Johnny Boy when it's very clear Johnny Boy uses everybody, which means you yeah. too, you know? <laughs> He's using you too. And he was an ass. Like, game. he was not a nice person and he's putting not to his cousin danger. not to anybody yeah he's and so he was putting them all in danger because like um those aren't the kind of people that you want to mess with Mm-mm. yeah i know and and i mean he thought he could just pull a gun on somebody because it, it's almost like he's grown oh, up but it didn't have hood. bullets in it <laughs> because he'd shot them all <laughs> up on the roof earlier <laughs> oh my god i was like sitting there like where are those bullets going i'm very worried right now yeah 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 um, like in <laughs> rope Remember in Rope, didn't he like shoot the bullets out of the window? Yeah. yeah. So that the police would come, yeah. Uh, so so I struggled with the movie. I did, I enjoyed the directorial style in the beginning, like the home movies thing. I thought that was yeah. very uh, clever. And, uh, and I do think from what I've seen of his films, he really knows how to capture a sort of um, comfortable... Uh, authenticity and interaction between characters and the way the camera moves through a room. It just feels like you're just Mm -hmm. hanging out with people. Mm -hmm. And and that's a a good skill um, in his repertoire. Uh, But ultimately, just like with Goodfellas, I didn't know what to take from this movie. I mean, I think at the end, uh, I mean, their lives are all ruined, right? I'm surprised Teresa survived the car crash. And you know, her arm was like sticking through the window. And I thought, does that mean that she's dead? <laughs> like, why is she not pulling alive. her arm yeah. back out? When they pulled her out of the car, she seemed alive. And I think he got shot in the arm. But he either way, because, because of this, they're all going to get questioned. And you know, they're going to have to mention the guy who shot them and why. And I mean, some of them, some or all of them are going to jail. And, and I don't think he's getting his restaurant. <laughs> well, did we see what exactly happened? I mean, Charlie and Teresa were taken like, they were taking like what happened to Johnny Boy, like you know when he, so he saw got shot light, in the neck. It was actually cop cars. He um, must have bled out. He he. We yeah. left. I remember seeing him. He was he was trying to run down a street, but he collapsed against a wall. Yeah, I mean after, but yeah, he got shot in the neck. Like after that, like how can you really yeah. survive? Yeah, I read. Maybe you read this too, or or knew this, or remembered this. <clears throat> he got shot at the end of Taxi Driver, right? So this is the second <laughs> this is the second movie where he has De Niro get shot at the end right in the neck. <laughs> um, so I've been talking about my struggles with Martin Scorsese movies, but he has directed mm-hmm. uh, other things. For instance, I want to watch uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore starring Ellen Burstyn uh, because mm-hmm. it's, it, it was also critically acclaimed and it's one of his or maybe his only film that stars a woman in the lead instead of men. Uh, but he also directed one of my favorite movies from the 80s, After Hours, with Griffin Dunn. That is a really fun movie. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And I think it's very different from, you know, these mafia-style movies that he does. But I also found out when I was looking him up that he directed Michael Jackson's video for Bad. So I found that very random. 
but that's something else I like from him. <laughs> and Fahad, didn't you say that you went to the concert for New York in 2001? Not New York. Uh, Takia and I went to the one that was here in D.C. <laughs> yeah. oh. Ignore me then, because he directed a, a short called uh, The Neighborhood that was included in the like uh, released footage from that, where he just walks around his neighborhood and describes New York. Well, wait, was it was it the concert for New York that was held in D.C. or the concert for New York that was held in New York? Well, I do not know. Oh, it could. Then maybe we did see it because if he and Michael Jackson kept their relationship, Michael Jackson was the one who organized the whole thing. Maybe maybe he maybe Michael Jackson called him and said, you're a New York guy. We need you to do something to celebrate New York for this, you know, project. You gave Michael Jackson a New York accent for a split second. You were I did. did I? <laughs> Who am I? Whose voice am I doing right now? Okay, I <laughs> missed that. Um, because Woody Allen did something for it too. So also another New York guy. Uh, so the movie was enjoyable at parts. Uh, I I I know he's Catholic, and they. They, they start the movie talking about how he he's sort of afraid of hell. But as the movie went on, I couldn't tell if he was a, like uh, if he was fixated on hell because of the hellfire or if he was just like an arsonist, because sometimes he would look at fire like, I don't know, like he was really into it. So um, I, I, I found that interesting. Uh then I just had a few notes for now about some funny things that I saw when watching it. Uh, early on, when there, when that guy's shooting up in the bathroom, and I, Tony kicks him out of uh, out of his bar, he says this line that kind of rhymes, and it sounded almost mm -hmm. lyrical. He said, "Get out of my place! I know your face." <laughs> it's like he was starting a rap, and and I found that really entertaining. And then I love the conversation between Robert De Niro and uh, Harvey Keitel in private when he's talking about the debts he has. And he, and he says, Joey Scala is Joey Clams. They're the same person. <laughs> because it reminded me of our conversations about like how everyone has a nickname <laughs> and, they're, and they're starting talking about these two names and Harvey Kettel's worried that Robert De Niro thinks that those are two different people. It's like, no, same, same guy. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Uh, and then when he's trying to hit on that uh, stripper and I, when she took her hair off, I think he was actually surprised. I think there was a little surprise. I think he thought that that was her hair. So she was taking the whole thing off and he's like, oh. <laughs> I was also confused by that scene because it seems like he's really actually into Teresa, but but I don't know. He's trying to strike up this thing with, he seemed to have this, this weird fixation with and um, confusion around his attraction to black women. Yep. And I don't know if he was like trying to explore that on the side. It was very strange. But another thing that this movie was even worse than say Goodfellas or, or Taxi Driver in its, um, its sort of raw racism and sexism and homophobia. Like they say some pretty terrible things about people. Uh, like when he's first watching that dancer early in the film, he says, yeah. she's really beautiful. But of course, she's black. You can't miss that. And I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what, what is he saying to us? Like, he's not allowed to be attracted to her? Or That's what I was thinking. Because then, she, she, then, then somebody's girlfriend was kissing a black man. Yeah, that was a really rough scene to listen to. So I was wondering if it was, if it was just a reflection of the time. If he was reflecting what was happening in that area of That's the country during that time. 
It could that's be. It, yeah. To you. That's what I thought too. That's all bad. Yeah, I thought that was Shelley's thing as a reflection of the times. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this uh, for Taxi Driver because uh, there was a scene where Martin Scorsese actually played the character in the back of the cab when he had the cabbie drive him up to the apartment building where uh, his girlfriend or something was. And he's like, you know, she's up there with a N-word. And we talked about, like, was that necessary? Like, did we need to have that scene with that character saying that? And it, it, it just has me question. This movie also had me question why those things would be included, why they were necessary. Um, maybe he doesn't want us to like these characters. Maybe yeah, you know, they're not like they're not a likable bunch. I didn't. I didn't. I wonder if he Go likes them because I think you know he grew up in some in this in in those areas and he probably knew right. some of these guys. And so is he? Does he not really? Does he not like them? Does he not sympathize with them? Or does he? I'm not quite sure. I can't tell from from my interpretation of this. I, movie, so. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that he liked them. I, I don't think it was it was a positive um, attribute of them, but maybe it was realistic. Yeah, I, I wonder, I just wonder if he noticed at the time and was intentionally putting these sins in, or if this is just how it was scripted and he and he was okay with it because of the time. I think it's- uh, a Did he write well. this movie? I don't know. Oh, he wrote it with another man. I remember seeing that in the um, in the credits. I don't recognize the other guy's name, but. I have a question for you, Eric. Do you, I know that you mentioned um, Goodfellas. I remember that you believed it was glorifying the mafia or mafia life a little bit. Do you think that this movie was glorifying it? No, not in the same way. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It did not, it was not, it did not look like a um, pleasant. Yeah, it didn't look like anyone's really. To be. It wasn't showing us the glamorous life quote unquote yeah. one can lead with all the money you rake in it's showing us the yeah. dirty side I mean, of the minions having to go yeah. you know yeah i mean tony has a shitty bar uh where that's that doesn't really get a lot of business and there's and the people who do go there are not like they're not the best people of the neighborhood they're the drunks and the you know gutter gutter trash kind of people so yeah no one's really doing that well harvey Keitel's character thinks he's about to do better than anybody by getting this restaurant but again like i said i don't think he's getting it because of what happens at the end of the movie no and in order to get this restaurant he has to deny the girlfriend that he loves i mean he won't even tell her that he loves her yeah she keeps telling him i love you and he's like i'm not saying that <laughs> And then he has to, his uncle also did not like, well, for good reason, Johnny boy. Yeah. Who was terrible and he was supposed to stay away from him, but he couldn't, um, he couldn't stay away from him. He felt like kind of responsible for him as well. I mean, Charlie basically doubles down by being so involved with that family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, in the beginning, I know uh, in the voiceover at the beginning, Harvey Keitel's character what was his name? Because I can't keep saying Harvey Keitel a million times. Charlie. Charlie, of course, Charlie. Charlie says in the voiceover, but you it's you don't pay for your sins at church. You pay for them in the street. You pay for them at home. Uh, so saying Hail Marys and Our Fathers doesn't really do anything for you. you. So he's saying like you have to you have to act like a better person. You have to do things to make up for the bad things you do. And so I guess maybe to him, Johnny Boy is his charity. It's it's like he all the bad things that he might be asked to do. If he can say, but I've tried to take care of Johnny boy, that's his good deed. 
Um, so he's really invested in keeping him safe and trying to make sure he doesn't get into too much trouble. But, you know, he, again, he's naive about it. So those are my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for giving them. And I am going to go ahead and jump in with my thoughts because I'm in charge and I get to pick who goes next. <laughs> um, I, I had first, like you, Eric, I thought, <clears throat> I started this movie yesterday and I started watching it. Um, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I can watch it for 30 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, I was falling asleep. So I was like, all right, this is not good. I restarted the whole thing later that night and I started it over again and loved the movie. But after finishing it, I didn't hate the movie. So it's not something I'm going to be rewatching over and over. And unlike you, I did love Goodfellas. But um, it, I, I did see how this was kind of like the prequel to Goodfellas. Like this is kind of like his feet uh, getting wet in this world. Like, like I kept waiting for there to be a point, a plot. Like, you know, the formula of a movie, like it goes up. Oh, there's going to be the big problem. They have to get past the problem. Then they'll solve that problem. But then they'll, you'll think that it's over, but then it won't be over again. And, and then you finish it nicely. But no, this movie just kind of showed their crappy lives. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. <laughs> I, I, um, I really, I thought Harvey Keitel was awesome in this. And great job and uh, the the casting in this movie was great tony was in the sopranos he um had a major part for in just uh one season so it was nice to see him young and in a different role all right so yes i enjoyed it i enjoyed all the characters i enjoyed the acting i enjoyed uh, when I first read about this movie, I was like, oh, it says that he's conflicted about his religion and his job. So I thought that was going to be like a major part of it. It was interesting that it was just sort of the backdrop to it. Like they had the big feast, the feast um, that, yep, in, in, in Little Italy every year. That was just kind of like a backdrop for it. And you would see the crucifixes on the wall or him praying. Or he said that, you know, it was just, it was interesting that that was kind of a backdrop. So I was kind of surprised about that. I loved the music in it. It, it was perfect. And then I read somewhere that it was like half their budget. They spent getting those songs, the rights to those songs. I was surprised that they had songs that you could recognize when it's like your first feature. Like they had yeah. this music and, and so important to him. He spent money on it. It was actually one they, of my favorite parts of the movie was the soundtrack. I actually was like, I know, I know that song. I know that song. I like that song. Yeah, it was good. And they were all perfectly timed to the scenes. Like it, that was great. And I thought also it was interesting that I read that um, they own, they filmed in like 25 days or something. And that part of it, only part of it was in actually filmed in Little Italy because they couldn't afford to film there the entire time. So the rest of it was in Los Angeles. So those are my main thoughts. And I'm sure that I will have others. Uh, uh, the last thing, poor um, Charlie, he just, it didn't even seem conflicted to me. He just seemed unhappy and that he didn't really like his life and here he was stuck being some collector of this money from his uncle's um, 
he, he wasn't even able to live like where he wanted to live. He said they were walking on the beach and he said, no, I love the mountains. And there's no mountains in New York. Like he couldn't live his life. He was just sort of stuck in this dead end job. You couldn't see him going anywhere. I'm very interested now to hear Ruth. What did you think? Okay. So um I do like mob movies and stuff like that. Um this one, I guess I did really like Goodfellas. This one for some reason to me seemed like it took a little bit longer to get kind of started so I guess I was kind of not immediately um what's the word I guess invested I was trying to I was curious though as far as like so De Niro this seemed like this was right about the time when he was on Godfather 2 I think or maybe not I don't know I'm not sure when Godfather 2 was filmed I guess I was trying to think if that was like part of his big break too but I guess he had like what the with Taxi 2 Godfather Part 2 was uh, the next year, 1974. Okay. Oh, thank you. And so, yeah, so I did like um, Harvey Weinstein's character as well. I did kind of sympathize with him. And I guess, yeah, as far as he was trying to kind of get Stephen Moore right thing. Um, Wait, did you call him Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> did I say that? Oh, my God. I think that's what I heard is like, that is the wrong Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Charlie. He he would Charlie. hate it because uh, they oh. weren't very kind to Jewish people in this movie either. <laughs> oh, oh my bad. They Sorry. weren't kind to anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though that De Niro's choice of outfits bothered me because I couldn't stand the mustard shirt. That seventies fashion. Yeah, I know, but um. Yeah, it was just kind of sad, I guess, that Charlie couldn't be himself and um, especially to kind of show off who he loved. And I think just with the whole story, I was trying to, I guess, in the same too with the plot, like it was kind of showing the life of, of course, with De Niro having a hard time with his money. But at the same time, I was trying to figure out, I guess, where it was um, kind of going as well. Everywhere. He was gambling yeah. it. Keeping, keeping it, keeping it going. He had on. that thirty dollars, and he spent like twenty of it on drinks in the matter of like five minutes when he was supposed to be meeting with that guy. Oh yeah, and then he burned that ten dollar bill. Like people, he was going to get money. Someone's giving him money to p- help pay, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to burn this ten dollar bill. <laughs> I was like, that's not cool. Yeah, I don't know what he thought his future was going to be i mean if he'd already borrowed money from everyone in the neighborhood that would let him borrow money and now they won't anymore like what is he gonna and he won't go to work <laughs> yeah maybe he just thinks charlie is gonna take care of him actually he was literally burning bridges by burning yeah he was just acting like a child yeah i mean that's what i think he that's i think part of why he hitched himself with charlie right because he probably thought charlie's going places maybe yeah take me along for the ride and he protects me you know like people do people were letting it slide a little bit i think out of respect for charlie yeah yeah charlie tried to um help him get his debt down and then he didn't even denier's character didn't even seem appreciative of it i do like the way uh characters in a few scenes gently ribbed charlie about being so religious i guess the rest of them aren't as religious at, at one, when he walks into Joey's, 
the the billiards basement i think it's joey who says hey charlie are you canonized yet you know making fun of him at like being a saint and he says no just blessed (laughs) (laughs) that's cute (laughs) and then there were a few other moments where people teased him a bit but yeah like shelly said it was just background um if he was struggling with his faith or at all or with how it reconciling it with his life Uh, it it didn't it wasn't too prominent but i guess some directors like you know ruth like you just said you were trying to see where it was going some directors and i think scorsese is a little bit one of them they don't mind just doing two hours of just following characters through their lives and there Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a point and and that's valid i guess it's a valid story style it is i have a hard time with it sometimes too because i want structure i want to know like like shelly you were saying like that that usual crescendo you know mm-hmm. act one yeah. act two act three uh maybe that's lazy of me <laughs> and, and maybe i'm spoiled by that's what i thought about myself too so i took a deep breath and i thought it doesn't have to follow that formula it doesn't have to follow that formula and then i started <laughs> to enjoy it more so once i got that out of my head that it has to follow it's not a movie it's not a it's not a style that i enjoy watching um but I was eight. I, I pushed it out of my head. I worked at it. I worked at it for this movie. <laughs> well, that makes I'm me gonna think- enjoy this no matter what. <laughs> makes me think of what was De Niro's backstory. <laughs> like, it was so immature all the time. Well, his uncle said he's crazy. What did he say? He's crazy. I think he didn't was- want him to be involved with him. Like, don't. And he was right, though. I mean, he was right. He But he probably has like you know today we would say he has adhd or something and he's probably been that way since he was a kid it seems like he can't stand still i mean you like you never know where he is like where is he now he's on a building shooting things i know yeah and suddenly he's over here and then over there it's like you just need to stop moving for him that's probably why he wouldn't go to work because it's somewhere you have to stay all day (laughs) i did hear i did not like when charlie left Teresa when she was having an epileptic seizure and he just got that woman is was that her mother (laughs) He's like, just the woman speaking Italian. He's like, you, it was just you know what to do, right? And he just left her. Yeah, that was, I think she I think she just ended up living in the building. I'm not sure. That... Yeah, I think she just lived in the building. Yeah. Sorry, Fahad, I interrupted you earlier. Oh, I was just going to pick on what Ruth was saying about how she wouldn't mind like a Robert De Niro backstory. I was going to say, yeah, in addition to a Robert De Niro backstory movie, <laughs> I want a spinoff movie about the gay guy from the taxi cab. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> he, I mean, was trying to get himself killed, I think. Yeah, he, I mean, he put himself out there with monsters. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, like, does he know who these guys are? Or you know what? They weren't, any car? they weren't like evil to him. No, no, they, they were just kind of like brushed yeah. it off and like scoffed and just kept on walking. Even after he said, what did he say to them as they walked away? Oh, he said like, a lot. That guy's sausage. Yeah. But like as they oh, walked yeah. away, he was like hitting <laughs> on them even more. Um, yeah. It's like, wow, that's very um, brave. Yeah. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry back to whoever was giving a oh, Ruth back to you yeah oh I forgot and Charlie he picked those guys up I forgot they needed a ride somewhere I forgot where they, they were, were escaping the bar too I think but I yeah. don't know if they knew them oh okay well it was nice of them to hitch him a ride even though it was kind of 
they didn't give them much of a choice. <laughs> well, they started to, but then it it was got very conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's so far. I'm bad at putting my thoughts out there, but so um, overall, Ruth, did, how did you feel? You liked the movie. You it took you a while to get in. You I think it said you said it took you a little while to get into it, but did you enjoy it at the end, or are you thought it was okay? Um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't my most favorite one, but it, it does, like, I do love De Niro a lot. I mean, not like that, but, um. <laughs> I like him as an actor. Like a yeah, no, but I like him a lot as an actor. I guess I was just, um, used to, I guess his other ways of doing things, it's got more of a different kind of grit or something to it. I don't know how to explain it, but I guess I like those different kinds of stories around where it's got more of a, I like the Goodfellas kind of thing a lot, so. But um, I thought it was pretty, you know, it was still pretty good. I could definitely still appreciate it. I know that Goodfellas was based on a good sto- a, a good story, a real story. <laughs> but this one seemed more realistic to me. That's true. Yeah. I guess maybe, too, because it wasn't as, like, hyped up with how y'all are saying with, like, the making Glitz it. And the like, glam and the. Yeah, glorifying it and making it how it seems so cool. But this is, like, the hard part of what the that type of lifestyle or job kind of entails what you have to put up with all that crap too, you know. And yeah. maybe because none of them were really high up. Probably. In family. They were all a low level grunts. Yeah. Yeah. True. That one lady that um she was dancing or something. And then that other guy was in the back with her and I guess he wanted to hook up with her what was she on or something i'm trying to figure she was just out. drunk i think they were all drunk <laughs> i thought it was funny when the when the at the very beginning when johnny boy walks in and he has the two girls on his arms and and they were gonna get him a drink and the girl's like do you have tequila and he's like no we don't have that here <laughs> and i was thinking why why is that a crazy like thing to ask for in a bar maybe back yeah. then or in that location i, that I, was, like, I was wondering i guess tequila oh. was not a thing <laughs> everybody had seven to seven Seven and seven. What was um, seven up? That, what was the other seven? Oh, it's Seagram's. Uh, it's seven up. Uh, yeah, Seagram seven and seven up. Seven and seven. Oh. Uh, when speaking of that wasted drunk girl, when Charlie had her in that back room, saving her from the Vietnam vet for some reason, I don't know what happened there because yeah, two, I don't know. two seconds later, that Vietnam vet is knocking on the door like, "You've got a visitor," and is like, "Okay, you calm down quick." <laughs> Uh, but anyway, when he had her in that room there was he a just, moment where i was really really worried that he was about to date rape her me too but then awesome. he just sort of he's like let's dance and then they dance and then he sweetly like put her to sleep he was like i'm just gonna leave you here i'm so thankful that that's how it ended i was like okay good, 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 good. i was happy he took care of her or not like yeah yeah and not take care of her <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was looking out for her he tucked her in Put her little blanket. He didn't fuck her in. See? <laughs> They're in, not fucked her That's in. true. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess the vet guy was the one who wanted to. He was the bigger. There was a bigger guy that wanted to get with her. Well, I don't know. I might be getting her confused with somebody else. But anyways, if it's the same lady, all in all, she ended up in a good space. All right. Um, Takia. Right, so, sorry for about earlier. I, um... Felt like I don't know, like I I, I didn't I wanted to hear some other ideas of how it went because I felt like it's not embarrassed, but I want I didn't feel like I I really knew 
like I didn't feel like I, I, just like Eric mentioned earlier I didn't feel like I, I would fall falling that well like so I wanted to hear some other what you guys said some you guys so I could see how my thoughts compare to you guys that, that I'm saying my thoughts based on your but just kind of want to get an idea because otherwise you call me first I was like well I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on so I didn't know this way it was helpful hearing what you guys thought about it and all um for me basically it was kind of I guess maybe we'll try to follow it like I mentioned I felt like it was I, I didn't feel like I knew like, where, like, you, like you mentioned where was were things going going there was something about someone needed some money money sharks and stuff like that and then it was it took me out because I didn't I didn't basically know where where it was going I guess trying to I was trying to express that so that's where I was I, I guess I felt a little silly like I, I didn't know how to express that I didn't like understand like what was going on like I felt like it, what, this is happening with money and then he's trying to open a restaurant and then they're all beating each other up and then there's this woman with epilepsy and then there's like yeah I read it I, I don't know like I does that make sense <laughs> um well it didn't have like I, I like the portrayal of the gritty uh crime people you know people back then is another word for it, I'm sure but um uh, <laughs> I like that portrayal of it there wasn't a glorified portrayal um I like Harvey Cattell and um and uh, Robert De Niro, I like their acting as well. But um, yeah, I'm like good. I'm like Goodfellas, and where I knew things was kind of more so happening. This one was just kind of bored me a bit. After a while, I felt like, yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> um, I was bored at the was, beginning. As it went along, I got, I kind of yeah. I got more into it. Kia, how did the last like ten minutes fare for you? Like. Last fine <laughs> well I, I mean that is like with the, with the only that was the probably the only part like with all the action was happening they were shooting okay they, the, the car came they were shooting at each other and yeah that's why you got shot in the neck and all that stuff happened so that was interesting but then everything else was just kind of like yeah that makes sense <laughs> i didn't want to say, i didn't see it it was like i didn't say i didn't have much to say about it like, whereas million dollar baby i had a say it back i guess i was more uh the story was, was more something i could follow and understand and it had like a purpose this felt like where are they going that's the best way to describe it. like where are they where where am, where's it going in terms of like who am i supposed to focus on and uh yeah so that's my that's all i can say about it sorry <laughs> i like i like because I, I like Harper Cattell and um with, with Charlie and Johnny. I like I like their acting really good. Um, like I said, it it like it's, it was a glamorized portrayal of, of of crime life. So those three things were good about it. Everything else, I, I think I, I could I won't ever see this movie again. Um, yeah, my mind drifted. So yeah, all right. That's where I, and <laughs> last but not least, Fahad. So there are three things I want to say one of which has already been talked about, but the other one's kind of been alluded to, but the third one hasn't been, and I'm surprised nobody's brought it up because it was my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, but the first thing I'll reiterate again, I, well, sorry, let me take a step back. I agree with what everybody basically has been saying where it kind of, it, it took a while to get to something and to where it was going, but I think that was also the point of it, um, which goes to one of my insights or views on it was that it's, it's kind of like 
some movies we've already seen, Tangerine and uh, do was it called Do the Right Thing? Yeah. Do the Right Thing, where it's kind of like, here's a camera that they're just kind of like placing in different places to show you what life is like. You know, it's not this big grand story with like this set up here going into this big story, then somebody, you know, like it isn't that. And I think, you know, that is the point to just show you this is the gritty real life of these people at this mm-hmm. level of the mob. Um, so I, as I was watching it, I was getting memories of watching Tangerine, mm-hmm. even though they're nothing alike, but it's gritty life on the streets, you know, like yeah. in the city. Sure. Um, so I felt, yeah, so I felt a little bit like, okay, that's what they're trying to get at. So I get it. Um, you know, it's not a movie I need to see again. Like I like also Tangerine, I didn't need to see again, but I appreciated them for what mm-hmm. they were doing. Um, I, I I enjoyed the final moments, like that car chase with the guns and everything, like that was fun. Um, so but uh going back, so thought number one, like I said, was it took me back to Tangerine and the day in the life of even those multiple days here. Uh, thought number two, I already talked about the music. I really enjoyed the music. And this is one of the first movies I've actually sat and watched and paid attention. I was like, oh, I like the soundtrack. <laughs> I never usually sit and watch a movie thinking to myself, oh, I like the soundtrack. <laughs> Unless it's a movie where they're telling you like the soundtrack, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> but like this one, I was like, oh, they, and I like how they interweave, interweave the songs into there and all. Um, the third thing to bring up that I was surprised nobody brought up, and again, my favorite part of the whole movie, was the way they scammed those two boys who wanted to get fireworks. <laughs> I loved that scene because at first I, I I didn't know where they were going with that because I was like, are they going to give them fireworks? And then I was like, why are they getting them in the car? I was like, oh, this could be really bad. And instead it just turned out they scammed them for the money and then went to go see a movie. But I was like, this could be really bad. Or I I was questioning the entire thing the whole time, but then it was just funny at the end. And I was like, those poor boys are standing there at that corner waiting for them to return. Even though they stiffed them, but then they stiffed them on top of it. So the scammers got scammed, but they still got 20 bucks out of it. Um, and then I love that their immediate thing was like, let's go watch a movie. And then they meet up with Charlie and Charlie's like, what, you got it? Let's go watch a movie. You're big. <laughs> uh, if only you could treat three people plus uh, for a movie for $20, you know? I know. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I'm not going to repeat what everybody else said. I thought the movie was, it was fine. Um, you know, it was just a sign of the times in terms of a lot of the stuff that was portrayed in there. Um, but I, I think it is part of those movies where it's just, here's a view into this life. It's not some big grand story, which, I mean, being realistic, these big grand stories of these movies that we're used to watching those are very unrealistic and they never happen. But I think that's why we enjoy them because it takes us into that fantasy and to what it could be. Sometimes it's a bit jarring to just watch a movie that's, that has no point because it's just showing you life, you know? Like sometimes it has no point. Um, Like if if somebody were to make a movie about what I did last week, it would be boring. Um, (laughs) So that's what this was. Not that it was boring, but... It wasn't this big. A little bit boring. <laughs> yeah, the first, like, boring part. Sorry, it was. But, but, uh, but, but I, uh, yeah, so that's that's how I felt about it. I think that is a perfect concluding uh, review of it. I agree. 
<laughs> is raising her hand. <laughs> oh, yes, Miss Lewis. That is a good way to definitely sum up. Sorry. I was just going to mention that um, I know we kind of got to it at one point about talking about the end and everything, but um, when they showed about the movie that they watched, um, and then they had the one woman from the movie that like fell down and looked like she died. That's just trying to think if they were going to portray the same thing that happened to um, the lady that was in the car. Teresa? Yeah. Like, was that one movie the, in the movie? She, the other lady just like fell down and looked like she died. And then um, <laughs> it was laughing, though. I think that was Vincent Price, by the way, in the, yeah. the Tomb of Lygia. Which is an Edgar Allan Poe short story. You know what? It could, yeah. I uh, my computer. I was watching it later, and it was so dark I couldn't really see what was going on. But um, I was just trying to see if they were trying to play into both. So now I feel like. Okay. Speaking of very end of the movie, the woman pulling the sh uh, shades down. That was uh Marty's mom, who was also in Goodfellas. She played the mom. I think it was Joe Pesci's mom that oh, they yeah. went. To have so he puts her. his mom in the movies, which adorable. <laughs> oh. I mean, come on. Apparently, he was in this movie somewhere, but I didn't catch it. I didn't see him either. Oh. Did you all see in the cast list that David Carradine and Robert Carradine <laughs> were both? I was going to ask if you recognized uh, anyone else in the movie. But <laughs> they, who were they? They were half bro. I didn't even know they were related. I should have thought of that Carradine, Carradine, but David Carradine and Robert Carradine. I don't think I know Robert Carradine, but he was the kid. It, 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 that shot the drunk and David Carradine was the drunk. Okay, how could you not know who... You, wait, you you didn't know who Robert Carradine was in the movie or in general? Do I know him in, in general? Oh my god, he's the main guy, Lewis, from Revenge of the Nerds! Oh, oh really? <laughs> the one with Anthony Edwards, the two main nerds. Really? Yeah, that's Robert Carradine, Lizzie McGuire's dad. Dark hair. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Lizzie McGuire's dad. I love that that's how you knew it, Shelley. That's right. <laughs> Well, now I need to put this movie back on and, and just pause <laughs> on that scene with, because he did not, with the long blonde hair, he did not uh -huh. look like that guy. <laughs> um, I thought that was interesting, though, because first of all, they're actually half brothers. So one brother gets to shoot the other one. They probably thought that was really fun. Yeah. Plus, David Carradine, it was kind of, he's just credited as drunk. He's like not even a character, but I looked it up and he was already uh, starring in Kung Fu, that series that he was on for, for years. Um, so he was kind of, you know, he was in people's homes on TV every single week, hmm. but then plays, you know, a drunk in this movie <laughs> and gets shot. Yeah, I, I, I did not recognize either of them in the movie that it was them, but only looking at the IMDb, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> My favorite thing about talking about these movies is that I end up liking the movies even more after talking about them. That's <laughs> true. Like, well, then that makes me love out. it. Like, these two brothers get to shoot each other. He put them in. <laughs> so they actually were family. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think it's that time? Hmm. Anybody else have anything that else that they want to add before we? Okay. It's that time again for. Ba -ba -ba -bum recast. We close each episode with the recast game where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film. 
in this film instead. Sorry. God, my old it eyes. Rhymes. You can't skip the rhyme. <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> to portray a character in this film instead. Nice. First up is hmm, Eric. Ooh. Okay. So I decided I, I was glad that Fahad brought him up earlier in this recording because I wanted to recast the flamboyant gay guy in the back of the, of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he was very entertaining and I really thought he was going to get killed, but somehow he was able to walk away. He sashay away down the street, get killed <laughs> by somebody else. Um, but uh, so I wanted to put a, a face to him that I recognized that would have played the character even more funny. And there's an actor named Jack Plotnick that I want to recast him with. I couldn't even figure out who played this character in the first place because I went through the cast list and I was like, I don't know if that person got a name. I don't. They see didn't it. credit him. I don't know. Maybe. Sucks. <laughs> he was just a an actual gay guy that they picked up off the street. He was. <laughs> he was. He couldn't even see the camera. And he's like, "What's what's going on with you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So uh, Jack Plotnick. I don't think you guys will know him, but he he's appeared in a lot of stuff. But if you watched Grace and Frankie, you may have seen him as a side character. But he's a very talented actor. He's very funny, and he's in one of my all-time favorite movies, "Girls Will Be Girls," which is an all-drag cast, and it's a very good time. And someday I might have you all watch it. Ooh. All right. Awesome. Next up is Fahad. Oh, thank you. Um, I decided to recast Charlie with Robert Pattinson. Because um, okay. I think it, he could play that kind of charming, uh, lower rung mob person. It would be interesting to see him in a part like this. Like, Eric, I know you've seen him in a few more serious roles. I haven't yet, but so yeah. I kind of he's actually a pretty good actor. That's what what I've been told <laughs> by you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, the other one that was in my head, but it was way too obvious. Apologies at a time if I just stole somebody's and said that was Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio years ago being Charlie. Oh yeah, yeah. To to follow yeah, along Scorsese's muse thing, if he were to make it like ten years ago, Leo would have been perfect. True. Yes, perfect. And that goes along perfectly because my recast, I was going to recast Johnny Boy. And if I was thinking, if I made this movie today, who would I put in that role? Someone that could be annoying and insufferable. So sorry if you like this man, but I think he'd be perfect. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> 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 so okay. we could make this movie now with Robert Pattinson and Harry Styles. Oh my gosh, like all the tweens who have grown up like over the last 10 years would flock to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. Now let's hear Ruth. Okay, so I don't know if it's gonna seem like the obvious pick, but um the kind of character that De Niro is playing for uh, as of Johnny Boy. Um, I'd like to see typically um I would say someone who plays a careless type person as well, like um Joe Pesci, I feel like would do a good job. And I kind of would like to see what kind of turn he would do for it because yeah, because how he usually plays a hothead and just kind of how if he would be a little bit more Joe Pesci now or Joe Pesci 50 years ago? 
<laughs> 50 years ago. <laughs> Maybe oh, five years ago? No, 50. <laughs> I'm teasing. I didn't see that. Before, way before he was a wet bandit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. All right. Takia, last but not least. <laughs> awesome. Um, I chose to recast Charlie with Leo DiCaprio. Okay. So, yeah. Because, um, I don't know, I saw him being up, up front and rugged in that way. Like, I saw him, I remember the movie I saw with him on Django Unchained, and he played a very rough, mean-spirited character there. So that's what it reminded me of. So I thought, oh, interesting to see him in this role. So, yeah. So Leo yeah. now or Leo 50 years ago? I'm just Ooh, Leo like three. <laughs> 15 years so I don't. I think Leo now as well. He's he like never ages hardly. He's I mean he's yeah. It just yeah. He always has a boyish look. <laughs> I can say now. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. I think he's oh. aged a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he could play a twenty-four year old, but uh, <laughs> no. no. I mean, it's fine. Everyone ages, but I just miss the pretty, pretty, pretty Leo. You mean skinny Leo? Part. Yeah, yeah but also, he was—he was always very pretty. They call it uh, yeah, in the gay community, they call it twink death. Uh, when you used to be <laughs> this pretty little twink, and now you're like a dad. <laughs> I, don't think he looks, I don't think he looks as obvious aged as uh, JTT. They showed a picture of him recently. You guys see that picture of him, JTT? J no. I, I heard don't know about recent. He was outside. He looked about. 50 years, 50, 60 years old. I mean, that's my picture. Maybe not 60, but he I looked very he He's our age. I, yeah. I know because I had a big crush with him when I was he, he looks our age, too. He looks like he's in his yeah. 40s. He's, you know, his face. He's also we not in Hollywood. Are... He's not in Hollywood. He's been out of Hollywood, so he has an excuse to look like a normal person. So my point is, I, I thought Leo Cameron looked a little better now as, as age. Leo no. still in Hollywood. and yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that, Takia, but... <laughs> I'm not oh, sure what, the same thing. better. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe he loses the little round, the little round um, Doctor Who spectacles. He looked better. I don't know. He has like little round glasses on in that picture. So, Doctor Who spectacles. Did he, did he <laughs> wear spectacles? No, he didn't wear little glasses. Doctor Who doesn't like, wear glasses. No. Okay. Tenet, I guess I sometimes. I... Did, did he ever wear? He wore like three D glasses. <laughs> Yes. Maybe was, okay. <laughs> Maybe Jonathan Taylor Thomas likes 3D glasses. <laughs> you see that picture on me? He's wearing like little round glasses, like a little old man. And maybe that just didn't do him justice. Maybe take his glasses off, he'll be like spoken. It'd be cute. Anyway. So in summary, Takia, your recap for Charlie is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Oh, I said I said in summary. I, I did not say that. No, no, no. I'm just summing up everything we just talked about for the last. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. I. Yeah. Just kids, I'll make sure. In summary, yes. Let's recast. All right. Well, thank you all for those recasts. And it is time to rate the movie. So open up your chat and enter your number uh, zero through five and uh, raise your thumb. And Fahad will count us down to rate them. Where is Thumpkin? Where is Thumpkin? Here I am. Here I am. How are you today, sir? Very fine, I thank you. Run away. Run. Did you guys do that in school? Nope. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> okay, good. Oh, I don't know why I keep on putting my thumb up because I know I'm ready. Um, <laughs> Takia, is your thumb up? Yeah. Like, uh, how do you get it on camera, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I had a earlier like this. I, I... <laughs> okay, so on the, oh. on the row of zero, hit enter. Three, two, one, zero. Wow, is this going to be like the closest one? Oh, Ruth, you and I tied. Wow. I and I tied. I think that's a first for all of us. Yeah. That was a... Um, Shelly, if you could read to me. All righty. Eric gave it a three. Ruth, a 3.25. Takia, a 2.5. Me, a three. And Fahad, a 3.25. Okay. Yeah, that's the first time we ever had the same score. Yeah. Wow. The average is a solid three. Whoa. Right. Which is what Shelly and I rated it, so we know what we're talking about. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. You guys are just average. <laughs> what? No, the movie. <laughs> we didn't rate ourselves. We should maybe in the future rate our performance on the recording. <laughs> across the bar. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching my movie. We are taking a break for the holidays. So Takia's first movie of the next cycle will be a January surprise. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everyone say ciao. 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 Oh. <laughs> that was better. I can't do it, but it was, it was okay. It was better. I think that was the best yet. Because I was so loud, I drowned everybody else's offness out. <laughs> okay, that's your new, too your early. new uh, method. Yeah. No, I don't want to be the only one. <laughs>